to the degree we are conscious of and live in relationship with Christ, we become conscious of our completeness, which is in and from God. Hey there, you are listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. This is episode 161. Today's topic, You Are Already Complete. You're listening to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. I'm James Early, your host, and this is the place to be to rediscover the original Christianity of Jesus. Each week, we talk about how Jesus wanted us to think and act and pray and live our daily lives. And we dig down into the mindset of Jesus to discover how we can think and act like he did. The goal is to experience more of Jesus' promise that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hey there, and welcome again to the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Thank you so much for being here and listening. Today we're going to talk about our completeness our wholeness as children of God, and the fact that this wholeness, this completeness, already exists. We just need to open our hearts to it. For most of my childhood, and even into my early adult years, in the back corner of my mind, I felt like there was something missing in my life that I wasn't complete. Here's a kind of silly little example. When I was in fourth grade, one of the popular kids in my class, Tim, had this really cool red shirt. He got most of the other guys in the class to wear a red shirt on a certain day, once a week or so. I felt totally left out because I didn't have a red shirt. I felt incomplete. I came home from school one day after having seen so many of the other guys in red shirts and told my mom that I had to have a red shirt. I don't remember if I told her why I wanted it or not, but she heard my heart, and she got me a red shirt. The next time there was a red shirt day, I had mine on, and for a day or so, and maybe even the next red shirt day, I felt like I was part of things. I felt complete and whole. But guess what? That feeling didn't last very long. I couldn't have articulated it then, but I sort of intuitively realized that a red shirt or anything external would not make me complete. I didn't realize at the time it was really the way I saw myself, that I saw myself as incomplete on the inside. When I got serious about my faith in high school, I started to think about the idea that God had made me whole and complete. One of the Bible verses that meant a great deal to me then and still does is Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and God said, Let us make man in our image and likeness. I thought, well, if God is complete and whole and, and I'm made in God's image and likeness, then that means I reflect God's completeness and wholeness. That means I have a sense of completeness and wholeness. It made perfect sense intellectually and even spiritually, but I don't think the truth of it penetrated all at once into my heart. 
Over the years, though, I have gotten an increasingly deeper awareness that my spiritual completeness and wholeness come directly from God's wholeness. But I still had to work through some of these things. After I got married and was a full-time stay-at-home dad for about 10 years, it was pretty challenging for me to read about men and women who were the same age as I was at the time, who had started their own businesses or were CEOs of multi-million dollar companies. And here I was, changing diapers and taking my kids to play in the park. I felt like such a loser. I felt there was something missing from my life. I did not feel complete. But the more I prayed about this, the more I realized that I was complete. I had made the choice to be a full-time stay-at-home dad. So instead of comparing what I was doing to someone else, I started to think of my role as being a stay-at-home dad as my current career. I started to find a sense of completeness in me, and I brought that to what I was doing with my kids. It was really a big mindset shift for me. I had still been thinking, to some degree, that my completeness was dependent on external things or circumstances. I was beginning to see that my wholeness was already intact and complete because I was made in the image and likeness of God. I wasn't aspiring to work up to being God's image and likeness. I already was. I just had to accept it and live out from that truth. And let me just say, I came to see my role of stay-at-home dad and full-time caregiver of three very active children as the most important and valuable thing that I could be doing at the time. And I did come to feel a sense of inner completeness. It's all too easy to look at our lives and think there's something missing, that we lack something. It could be a lack of external things like money, a career, good relationships, or health. But more often it seems to be a lack of internal things like self-confidence, self-worth faith, or love. Whenever I start to feel like there's a lack of something in my life, I try to come back to this powerful fact that I am made in the image and likeness of God. God's completeness is the source of my completeness. I love this verse from Psalms. This is Psalm 34, verse 10. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. That's really a promise for all of us. There are lots of stories in the Bible that bring out the fact that God gives us what we need, both the external things like health, food, or whatever. But there are also times when God provides the internal things we need to feel complete on a deeper level. One time, a woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years sneaked up behind Jesus as he was walking through the crowds. She earnestly believed that if she touched the hem of his clothes, she would be healed. And that's exactly what happened. This is from Mark 5, 28, 29, and 34. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And when she did, The fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And then in verse 34, Jesus said to her, Daughter, 
Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace, and be whole of thy plague. Now, I've quoted the King James Version here because it uses the word whole. Other translations use the word healed, or an equivalent. The Greek word here for whole, or healed, is sozo. It means to save one from suffering from disease, to make well, heal, restore to health. The word is often translated whole, healed, or saved. I think it's interesting in this healing that the woman is healed physically the moment she touches Jesus' clothes. But in verse 34, Jesus is implying there's more to the healing. There's a mental or spiritual wholeness as well. Even after she's been healed physically, he tells her to be whole of the plague. He didn't want any thoughts about the illness to linger in her thinking about how she saw herself. Jesus saw and wanted her to see her wholeness and completeness on a spiritual level as a child of God. Here's another example of Jesus bringing someone's wholeness to light. This is Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52, this time from the New International Version. So he and his disciples came to Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. This is the Greek word sozo, which in the King James is translated, your faith made you whole. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Now what's going on here? Is there a man who at one point in his life could see, but later became blind, then could see again when Jesus told him his faith made him whole? If it was just the blind man's faith that healed him, why couldn't he be healed without asking Jesus for help? Jesus obviously had something to do with this healing. It was what Jesus saw, or rather how he saw this man. Now, I've mentioned this idea before on the Bible Speaks to You podcast, so you may know where I'm going with this if you've been listening for a while. How did Jesus see this blind man? There are two basic aspects. Beginning and throughout his ministry, Jesus emphasized that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's Matthew 4, 17. As his time on earth was drawing to a close, He told Pilate that his purpose here was to bear witness to the truth. That's John 18, 37. The truth Jesus came to bear witness to was that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In this kingdom of heaven at hand, 
There is no sickness or disease or blindness. Everyone is complete and whole. Jesus saw this so clearly that he brought this heavenly truth to bear on the human circumstances. In this case, the woman who touched his clothes and Bartimaeus. Now look at the language with Bartimaeus. Jesus said, Your faith has made you whole, like it's already happened. And once that fact has been established, that it's already happened, that it's already true, then he's healed. Jesus was bearing witness to what was true about this man and about the woman who touched his clothes. Their wholeness already existed in heaven. Jesus could see that wholeness in heaven and could see that heaven was present right then. It was kind of like he turned on a light switch that allowed everyone present to see the wholeness of these two people. Now, to everyone there, it appeared as a healing. But from the perspective of what was already true in heaven, nothing changed. Their completeness was just more obvious here on earth. Now, if this is a new way for you to be looking at these healings, you may be thinking, hey, James, how can you make those kind of assumptions? The Bible clearly says those folks had problems and Jesus healed them. Well, let's look at another example, which has given me some insights as to how Jesus saw and healed people. This is Luke thirteen, ten through 13. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten herself. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now, if you listened to last week's episode, episode 160, you'll remember that I brought this same healing up when we were talking about Jesus' healing on the Sabbath day, but today we're looking at this healing from the perspective of how Jesus saw this woman's completeness. And this is where an analysis of the text gives us some clues. In verse 12, Jesus says, Woman, you are freed from your disability. The Greek verb here, freed, is in the perfect tense, which means, sometimes we call that the past tense. It describes an action which has been completed in the past, once and for all, not needing to be repeated. That's the definition of the perfect tense of a verb. So Jesus is actually saying, before she is healed physically, that she has already been freed from her disability. He could see her completeness as already the fact. He could see what was true about her in the kingdom of heaven, and he brought that to light so everyone there could see it too. The woman was healed. Her spiritual wholeness or completeness already existed in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus basically told her she was already free from the problem, And when that light dawned on her, she was healed. When we look at things from the perspective of what's true on earth, we see all kinds of problems, challenges, good and evil, warring with each other, and evil sometimes appearing to be winning. 
But when we look at things from the perspective of what's going on in the kingdom of heaven, the view is very different. We see what Jesus saw. We see wholeness and completeness. We see pure love and peace and the supremacy of good. So, how does all this apply to you and me? How can we bear witness to the truth of our own completeness in the kingdom of heaven and bring that to light here on earth? Well, there are probably lots of ways to approach this, but I like to start with getting a better sense of the nature of Christ and his relationship to God, and by implication, my relationship to God. Paul says in Colossians 2, 9 and 10, In Christ lives all the fullness of God, so you also are complete through your union with Christ. Christ represents the fullness of God. All God's fullness is in Christ. This isn't just a Bible verse we need to memorize and quote. It's a deep spiritual truth that we need to ponder over and over and let it sink down into our hearts. When you truly embrace this idea that Christ embodies the fullness, the full nature of God, then as verse 10 says, you also are complete through your union with Christ. To the degree we are conscious of and live in relationship with Christ, we become conscious of our completeness, which is in and from God. And this awareness has practical implications in our daily lives. Take a moment right now and think of an area in your life where it looks like you lack something or there is incompleteness of some sort. Maybe it's a lack of fulfillment in your career. It may be a failing relationship. It could be lack of inspiration for a project you're working on. It could be a lack of time for all you need or want to do. Maybe you believe you lack certain talents, ability, and knowledge. Maybe you feel incomplete inside as a person. Now, if you come up with more than one thing, just ask God which one to focus on. It could be the most obvious one or maybe the most seemingly insignificant one. Doesn't matter. Just pick one and ask yourself, what is true about me and or this situation in the kingdom of heaven? Remember, Jesus has promised that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In heaven, which is here and now, there is no lack or incompleteness or anything superimposed on you that God didn't create in you or anything you're involved in. Think deeply about your completeness in heaven. Let's say you feel you've got an incomplete education and don't know everything you need to for what you want to do or be in your life. Well, what is true about you in heaven? In the kingdom of heaven, because of your relationship to God through Christ, who is the representation of God's completeness, you have at this very moment all you need from God. You can pray a prayer of affirmation and declaration. Now, these are just a suggestion. Put it in your own words. As the image and likeness of God, I have every thought and ability I need. Make a list of everything that's true about you in the kingdom of heaven. I have all love, all wisdom, all grace, all strength, etc. 
You get the idea. This is not just positive or wishful thinking for what you hope or want to be true, or the so-called law of attraction that some people talk about. It's not visualization of what you want to happen. It's following the example of Jesus, bearing witness to what is true in heaven. You're not making this up. It's discerning what is already true in heaven. This moment, every moment, you are complete in heaven. This completeness cannot be depleted or deflected, dissolved or destroyed. It is as eternal as God. As you ponder these ideas, I hope you get a fresh new awareness of your completeness, not just in heaven, but bring that completeness to all you do here on earth. But let's be honest here, and I'm speaking from personal experience, sometimes I'll have an epiphany and be conscious of my completeness more than ever before, but then at some point in a few days later, something happens and I lose some of that inspiration. The book of James gives a lot of hope in these situations. This is James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. That seems kind of counterintuitive, doesn't it? But he explains why this is good. Verse 3, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. The challenges and trials we face actually strengthen us, even if it seems like we aren't always as steadfast as we could be. Each time we face and meet a challenge, even if we slip and slide a little bit, we grow stronger and get a better glimpse of our completeness and that we lack nothing. You have all God's love to meet every situation you'll ever face. And really, the answer to any and every problem is God's infinite, unfailing, and always available love. Now, from Earth's perspective, it's a step-by-step process. But from the perspective that Jesus looked at things, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, you are already complete, you are already perfect, and you know it. One more idea that I have found very helpful. Thank God right now for your completeness. Thank Him for maintaining your completeness. Even if you don't feel it or understand it or see it, discern it, it is there. And go ahead and thank God in advance for revealing it to you. Instead of trying to work up to your completeness, start with it and be open to all that God reveals to you. Thanks so much for being here and listening today. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend. If you are new to the Bible Speaks to You podcast, a special welcome to you. I'd love to hear how you found out about the show, and I encourage you to subscribe. Go to the website, thebiblespeakstoyou.com, and click on the subscribe tab in the menu bar. Just fill out the form and you're all set. As a special thank you for signing up, I'll send you a little prayer guide I put together called 
praying with the mindset of Jesus. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode or a topic you'd like me to talk about on the podcast, I would love to hear from you. Go again to the website and this time click on the contact tab in the menu bar. Fill out the form with your comment or question and I'll be in touch. I would love to hear from you. As always, the Bible references that I mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes page on the website. And you can find that page at thebiblespeakstoyou.com forward slash 161. This is episode 161. And if you're listening on a podcast app, that link will be in the description. I want to thank you again for being here and for all the ways that you have been supportive of the show. There have now been listeners in 153 countries, and a lot of that is because you have shared it with your friends. That's it for today. I'm James Early with the Bible Speaks to You podcast. Have a great week, take care, and we'll see you next time. God bless.